What's up, what's up, what's up? Happy motherfucking Wednesday. Welcome back to the Be That Bitch podcast where we talk about being that bitch. I'm your girl, or rather the HBIC, the head bitch in charge, Allie Griffith. I am so excited to have you here. We got a, we got a good episode in store for y'all, but like we start every single episode off, Let's talk about what is going on in the world of Allie and my fucking insane life. Like, y'all, let me tell you, yes, summer is mass chaos when you have two children, but the mass chaos of trying to learn a new routine once school starts and also the amount of fights that you have with your children about bedtime once school actually begins is just in fucking sane. So we're over here just trying to figure out life, trying to figure out school, trying to figure out all the situations. I feel like I've got my hand in like 12 different fucking cookie jars and I don't know which cookies which and I am deathly afraid of sticking my hand in one of the cookie jars thinking it's going to be a chocolate chip cookie and it being a fucking oatmeal raisin does anybody have just trust issues like anybody who orders an oatmeal chocolate or an oatmeal raisin cookie and orders chocolate chip at the same time it gives me fucking trust issues it's like those bitches that get blue cheese and ranch you know like like if you're having wings with somebody and they're like I want blue cheese and you get ranch and then you accidentally eat the blue cheese I will cut a bitch if you order blue cheese and we go out for wings we are no longer friends that is that is instant defriend block sorry not sorry I can't trust you because you like that shit sorry you know it is what it is but I feel like it's the same thing with like where I'm at in life like I'm so I've got so much going on so much good stuff you know the podcast we've got my coaching we've got social media I've got my whole entire hobby of reading smutty romance novels, being a wife, being a mom, trying to keep some remnants of a social calendar, book club. Like I am doing so much and I probably should hire an assistant. I get that. I'm sure that is what a smart person would do, but I am not a smart individual. I am a person who thrives off of mass chaos. Clearly my entire fucking life is mass chaos. So that is what we've been doing. We've just been trying to, you know, navigate the mass chaos. And I feel like we're finally getting a grip on life a little bit. Hopefully, maybe, who knows? But I just want to let you know, y'all, if you're struggling, if you're like, I don't know which way's up, which way's down. Girl, me too. I'm here for it. I'm here for you. I might look like I've got my shit together, but trust me, it's all a facade. Just like anything on social media is a fucking facade. Everybody's bullshitting everybody. Me looking like I have my life together is the exact same thing because I don't show as much the mass destruction that is behind the scenes. Like the four loads of laundry I need to get folded, the fucking Cheetos and mac and cheese my kid had for lunch today because I didn't feel like cooking. And, you know, the mounds of iPad time she had while I tried to respond to messages. It is what it is, right? We just, we do our best to forget the rest. Y'all, your best is good enough. Do not let anybody make you feel less than because you don't feel like you're living up to what everybody on fucking Pinterest or fucking Instagram says you should be doing. You are doing your best and your best is just good enough for those babies. You are good enough. Like, yes, there might be moms out there making fucking handmade sensory bins. Just because you're not that bitch doesn't mean you aren't the bitch. I don't know. I know that was a little tangent, but... 
I have just been feeling, you know, a little less than, especially when school starts and like the teachers are sending home fucking, um, you know, like the newsletters asking for room moms and stuff. And I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I will be happy to donate funds. I will be happy to go buy anything I need to. But I cannot be that mom. I am not the person that makes really cute goodie baskets and like, no, absolutely not. And for so long, I let that shit just like eat away at me. I felt like I needed to be that Pinterest mom. I felt like I needed to do all of that stuff, especially that fucking elf. Y'all, we are T minus what, two months away from that bitch coming back? Fuck it, right? Just, just, you know, whatever. And at this point, you know not to listen to my podcast with the kids around, so I feel like I'm okay to say that. But all of, all of it, can we please say F you to comparison? Because just because you're a different mom doesn't mean you're less than other moms, right? Just because you are different in your parenting styles, just because you're different in the amount of hands-on you do, just because you're different than that doesn't mean you're any less than. You're just different. And, you know, everybody loves a good chocolate chip cookie and a good sugar cookie. So you might just be the sugar cookie or you might just be the chocolate chip cookie. We don't want to be that fucking oatmeal raisin cookie. We don't want that shit. Okay, so what am I reading? Holy shit, y'all. Okay, so this is going to get a little weird. It's going to get a little, you know, whatever. But I feel like I need to talk about this because that's just who I am. So y'all know I love me a good smutty romance novel, but you know my trope of choice, which if you don't know what a trope is, it's basically like the category in which the book falls. My trope of choice is taboo. I am a hoe for a good taboo forbidden love. And I truly think it's because I am such a boring housewife who has two kids, the white picket fence. Well, it's fucking brown, but it's still a picket fence. A husband, you know, like I live your cookie cutter suburban fucking life. So whenever I want to step outside of of my life, I read. And when I read, I want it as fucked up as possible. I am just, you know, your suburban housewife with questionable morals. It's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. So taboo is my choice, my trope of choice. Well, one of my, one of my favorite authors, shout out to QB Tyler. She writes the best forbidden love stories. If you guys have not ever heard of her, check her out. She gave me the best recommendation. So it's by Kay Webster and it's a two book series situation um and it's called the wild and then the free those are the two different books and y'all let a bitch tell you if you want something that makes you question everything you thought was right and what was wrong then this is the this is the books for you y'all so let me paint the fucking picture right let me paint the picture so we're gonna go with the first book first this is gonna be a long introduction but you know what you're fine we're fine everything's fine so picture this a family goes through a devastating loss right they lose their they have two twins right well not two twins a set of twins and they lost the son in an awful awful accident right well the mom goes into a deep dark depression Dad has one last ditch effort to save his fucking family, right? Like he has to save his family. The mom is dwindling away, all that stuff. So he decides to sell his multi-million dollar real estate empire and move off the grid to the wilderness of Alaska, where they have no running water. They have no fucking power, no AC, like none of that shit, right? Like shitting in buckets type wilderness, right? So he moves his entire family out there. They fucking pack up their RV and move all the way to the Alaskan wilderness. Well, they had to build their house. So they're living in this RV. They've parked this RV while there's a massive storm that comes like 
the the storm wipes everything out and the mom ends up dying. Well, they're in the wilderness, nothing for hundreds and hundreds of miles. They now have no vehicle to go into town. So it's literally just them in the wilderness with a tent. Well, father and daughter ends up finding um, solace in each other and comfort within each other. And you know what happens in taboo romance novels when people find comfort in each other. They sometimes find their in their other person's vagina. And that is exactly what happens. But it just escalates from there. Right. So super taboo, super triggering. Like if you feel like you have questionable morals as well as I do, then you're probably going to love it. There's really good twists and turns, but I don't feel like that one was the best out of the two books. That one was pure sex. Like there was no angst. There was no panty melting time. Like it was literally like it didn't build you up. But the free, which is the second book in the series where um, there's this woman that lives in the wilderness. Her name's Eve, right? Like Adam and Eve fucking apple shit, right? So there's a woman in the, the wilderness named Eve. She gets mauled by a bear. Well, Atticus comes and goes freely through the wilderness back to town. He takes care of her, takes her back to town with him. She has never been in civilization. She was born in the wilderness, literally lived there her entire life. She'd never seen television. She didn't know freaking anything about modern anything, right? So he had to teach her how to like use the toilet type situation. Well, she's she's young, very, very young. He's older and he is nursing her back to health. That one, y'all, has so many twists and turns. And there was one moment where I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And I love a book that gives me oh, shit moments. So and this one has great angst. Like it builds you up. It builds up the sexual tension till it freaking snaps. And it was just it was immaculate. So these are banned books, right? So like you can't go to Kindle Unlimited or on Amazon and get the ebook for this. No, no, that would be too easy. This book is banned <laughs> from Amazon and Kindle. So you have to be a sneaky bitch and go to her website. So go to Kay Webster's website, just GTS, Google that shit. And you have to purchase it through there. But y'all, and they're super short reads. Like each book was only like three hours long. So super short reads, so good. 15 out of 10 recommend, especially if you like shit like dirty and taboo and forbidden. But like I I got into a big argument with my sister and this random dude at the pool on Saturday while I was reading it about just like, you know, how fucked up it is and it's incest and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I totally get that it is very taboo. But if you can take your mind out of what you think is right versus wrong or what the law says is right versus wrong and you just like detach yourself from that situation, I will tell you, it will open up your mind to so many different possibilities. So it is one that you have to go in with an open mind and open heart. But let me tell you, it is a panty melting series. That's for damn sure. So definitely recommend. Now I'm reading a book from her, um, well, a trilogy from her called the Cinderella Trilogy. And it's basically if Cinderella had a kinky fetish type situation, like it's a it's like a Pornhub rendition of fucking Cinderella where uh, Cinderella has a um, 
fetish for humiliation kinks and Prince Charming likes to degrade her. So that's where I'm at right now. Y'all, I'm pretty sure Kay Webster has the exact same fucked up head as I do. And I am here for it. Here for it. So anyways, that is my 12 minute introduction to life and books and all that stuff. Now we can get to the good stuff. Why dieting doesn't work. You ready? Let's go. All right, y'all. So I know you're probably over here like, okay, so you're saying dieting doesn't work. Like we should stop dieting. How am I going to get healthy if I do not diet? Y'all, I am just going to tell you in essence, dieting by definition is a temporary food plan. It is not a long option where yes, you might lose weight, right? But it will be temporary because at a point, right? The more that we deprive ourselves, the more that we restrict ourselves, which diets do, right? In essence, diet is a temporary solution, which makes its own entire foundation around deprivation and restriction. It's going to lead to overeat and a binge cycle that we don't want to be in, which then will have us gaining everything back. Y'all, yes, you can lose weight by dieting, but about 95% of people who lose weight by dieting will regain it in one to five years. I'm sure you, I'm sure you can remember the time you followed a diet and lost weight, right? Sometimes we forget right? We forget that, yes, that diet worked until it didn't. That was me, right? I was a frequenter Weight Watchers person. I frequented Weight Watchers like it was a fucking like punch card. And if I got 10 punches, I would get a free smoothie type shit. I would go back time and time again because I thought it always worked. So if it always worked, I might as well keep going back. But the thought is it always works until it doesn't right? That's the, that's the essence of diets. They always work until they don't. They always work until you get sick and tired of counting all those calories. You get sick and tired of fucking weighing every single ounce of your food. You get sick and tired of obsessing over the points. You get sick and tired over feeling fucking hungry. They work until they don't, but we tend to always forget that they eventually stop working. Y'all, if you have regained and you have fallen off track, that means that diet does not work. Y'all, I'm going to talk to you about the difference between a diet and a lifestyle. And this is something that I truly had to grasp around to be able to finally see success. So a diet, a diet is based on the foundation of cutting things out, right? Cutting out fast food, cutting out caffeine, cutting out carbs, cutting out processed foods. In essence, a diet is something that you are restricted to not eating something that you do love or something that brings you joy. That is what a diet is. Learning healthy eating styles means that you eat 90% healthy, 80% healthy, right? The foods that nourish your body, the foods that are good for your body. And then you do have 10 to 20% of foods that's good for the soul. Y'all, there is no good food and bad food. There is just food that is good for the soul and there's food that's good for the body. Those are the two different types of foods. We need to stop villainizing foods. And that is one way to help us get out of diet mentality. Diet mentality tells us that there's good foods and bad foods and we can't consume the bad foods because if we do, then we're never going to lose the weight. Y'all, food does not have moral standards. 
There is not a food out there that says, you know what? I am a good person because I eat vegetables, right? I might be a murderer, but I eat fucking broccoli. So that makes me a good person. Just like a good person who eats a burger isn't a bad person. You know what? I'm a piece of shit person because I eat a fucking burger, right? Food does not define your character. Food does not define whether you are good or bad. It is just food. Food does not have morals. It's not good nor bad. It's either good for you or good for your soul. That is the way we need to look at it. And that is one perspective that changed my entire life and made me get out of the mindset of dieting. The less we focus on restriction and dieting and stop focusing on all the things we can't have, the quicker we will be able to start actually seeing success. The more that we can start focusing on all the things that we can't eat, the more things that we can have, the more success we will see. That is why I am so against strict diets. I am so against things that say you cannot eat this because then if you do, you will not see success. Because what what happens when we're told we can't do something? Us and our fucking rebellion rebellion selves, we fixate on it, right? We just obsess about it. If I'm doing keto and they say I can't have carbs, all I'm going to fucking think about is French fries and waffles and every single carb under the sun until I eventually binge eat them. Because that's what happens when you restrict. When you restrict, your focus is all on everything you can't have. So then what do you want? You want what you can't have, right? So how do we get past this mentality? You adopt a no food off limits mentality. And you want to know what happens when you think of no food off limits, especially in the the span of a lifetime. Foods are held on the same pedestal, right? There's no food that's held on this high pedestal where you can't eat it. Everything is equal playing field. And I know what you're thinking, right? Well, if I tell myself I can eat anything I fucking want, then I'm just gonna binge eat everything under the sun. And yes, that is what I thought too. But I also was thinking it from a diet mentality headspace, right? I was thinking it from it of a, I wanna still lose weight, y'all. You've got to focus on it. What makes you feel good? The more in tune we get with our body, the more in tune we get with how we feel and how certain foods make us feel, the more that we're going to naturally gravitate towards the foods that feel good to us, which in turn are better for us. I want to tell y'all one thing. I was always the person that thought, you know what, if I say no foods off limits that I'm just going to eat fucking French fries for the entire life and, and drink 20 bottles of wine. And yes, there was a point in time when I did do that and I disguised it under quote unquote intuitive eating. But I will say the more that you start realizing what feels good with your body and what feels good and the levels into which you can eat stuff and it feels good, the more results you will see and the less obsessed you come about food. Y'all, if food is dictating our entire lives and our entire thought process, There's a problem there. It's not supposed to be consuming us every second of every day. It's just not. Food is meant to be enjoyed. Food is meant to nourish our body and it's meant to just get us through life. It's not meant to obsess about. And so if your diet plan is making you obsess about how many points you have, how many macros this has, how many freaking ounces this is, how many, like all of that stuff, then it's probably not a good plan for you because the more that you think about it, the more you obsess about it, the more it's going to consume you, which if it's consuming you, the more you're just going to say, fuck it. If it's too complicated, you're not going to want to do it. 
If it's giving you too much restriction, you're not going to want to follow through with it all time. You have to ask yourself, is the way you're eating right now a way that you could see yourself eating for the rest of your life? And if the answer is no, then why the fuck are you doing it? Because there's going to come a point when you hit your goal, right? Because that's everybody's goal. And if you can't picture yourself eating like that for the rest of your life, then you're going to gain it all back. And that'll be on you. And I know that was a little harsh, but sometimes we need a little harsh reality to kind of wake ourselves up. It's the same thing with weight, right? Like we feel like, you know what? I'll be happy when I hit this weight. I'll be happy when I do that. And I'll, I'll make sure I enter carbs and I'll make sure I, I eat more whenever I hit my goal weight. Y'all, I want you to hear me really clearly. You are not completely in control of your weight. And that was a very, very tough pill for me to swallow because I felt like the more I dieted, the more I restricted, the more I starved myself, the more that I worked out the more that I did all this stuff then I would finally hit my goal and then once I finally hit my goal then I would feel in control we are not in complete control of our weight I know this is hard to hear but this is completely completely true we have something within us called a set point and what a set point is is it's basically like an internal an internal thermostat right we each have one and it generally programs us between 10 to 20 pounds of a range weight that allows our body to function optimally this is our body's happy place and so just know that no matter how much you diet, no matter how much you restrict, no matter how much you starve yourself, your body is going to want to stay within this 10 to 20 pound happy range. And the truth of the matter is it might not be where you feel like you should be. And I know that's a really hard thing to grasp that no matter what, how much dieting we do, that we might still never actually hit our goal because our goal just might not be obtainable for who we are and what our body. And so when we're focused on weight loss, right? When we're restricting, our body goes into fight or flight mode and it goes to try to maintain the set point that feels comfortable in, which means it's starting to slow down our metabolism. Did you not realize y'all, the more that we diet, the more we restrict, our body goes into restriction mode. Our body goes into what we call hibernation mode, where it literally tries to hold on to everything that you consume because it's deathly afraid of the next time it's gonna get food. That's why whenever you eat 1200 fucking calories and you're over 200 pound woman and you're wondering why the fuck am I not losing weight I'm starving myself it's because your body is literally in starvation mode even if you're not realizing it so it's literally holding on to every single little ounce of food you have because they don't know when it's going to get its next meal so you're literally destroying your metabolism which then creates a higher set point right and then your body doesn't want to go below that so you're constantly battling your inner fucking just system to try to get lower when you're doing the exact opposite of what's going to get you there. Eating is what's going to get you to your weight loss goals, not by restricting. Eating, not restricting. Have y'all ever heard of somebody starving themselves healthy? No, but I sure as hell have heard somebody eating themselves healthy. If you want something you have never had, you gotta do something you've never done. So if you've always focused on what you can't have, why don't we start trying to focus on what we can have? Stop fixating on, oh, I can't eat this. I can't go out to eat. I can't have ice cream. I can't have french fries. I can't do this. I can't do that. Maybe just focus on what you can have. You know what? I can go out and eat whatever the fuck I want, but I want to eat this, right? I can eat 
homemade french fries because those are going to make me feel good, right? It puts you into a mindset of focusing on the positive versus the negative. That's why I always tell everybody, if you're wanting to lose weight, focus on what you can gain instead of what you can lose. If we're always focusing on the positive, guess what happens? Positive shit will happen and you're not always focusing on the negative. It doesn't make you feel less than, it makes you feel like you're getting greater. The same thing with calories, right? If you've always ate 1200 calories because Joe Blow said that was a fucking good number, why don't you try eating more? Y'all, if you are over 100 pounds, you need to be eating more than 1200 calories. You are literally starving yourself. You want to know how much I eat? I eat a fuck ton. I eat anywhere probably, and I don't count calories, so I don't know exactly, but I eat probably anywhere between 3000 to 3200 calories a day. And I have lost, I don't know how much, but probably close to a hundred pounds. You have got to eat. You've got to eat and you've got to have a well-balanced diet. And yes, by well-balanced diet, that means you can have the occasional chocolate. You can have the occasional glass of wine. Those are all part of the well-balanced diet. Have y'all not seen the fucking food pyramid? Wine and bread and all that shit's on the food pyramid. That means you're supposed to eat it. Like, let's bring it back to elementary school, y'all. Like, y'all, there are room in our life for every type of food. It's all about just learning how to consume those foods in ways that make us feel good. Right, y'all? Remember, we're doing stuff that we've never done to get somewhere we've never gotten. And yes, it's going to feel weird and it's going to feel different. And it's going to feel challenging. But if you want something and you want something different, you got to do something different. The same thing with the intentions of why we're doing this. If you've always started dieting with the intention of, oh, I want to lose weight because I hate my body and I hate my thighs and I want to, you know, fit in these clothes or whatever the case may be. Like, why don't we focus on getting healthy out of love, out of love for ourselves, instead of every focusing on everything we have to lose and focusing on everything we want to change about ourselves. How about focusing on what it can give us, give us more energy, give us a better life, give us everything life has to offer by us feeling our health. All right. So now that we know why, why we don't want to diet anymore, right? Why we don't want to focus on restriction. How about I give you three tangible tips to help you get out of diet mentality, get out of the constant yo-yo dieting and just live your fucking life. Okay. So the first thing is get rid of the scale. Yes, both scales, the scale that you step on and the scale you put your food on. The more that we obsess about these numbers, the more that we let these numbers dictate our lives, the more that we're not going to be able to be in control of our food. Because when food and emotions get intertwined, shit gets fucking crazy. Just get rid of it. Y'all, I'm telling you, you will not go and gain a hundred pounds by eating 103 ounces of pork versus a hundred ounces of pork. You're not, and I don't even know if that's a normal ounce. I'm just giving you an example. Like those ounces in the grand scheme of things are not what's going to be your kryptonite, right? Nobody has gotten fat from eating a little bit too much chicken. Nobody has lost control of their nutrition by having a couple too many servings of fruit. Like let's stop obsessing about it. It's kind of like that saying, nobody's gotten fat from eating a whole banana. It's the exact same mindset, y'all. Just please trust me on this. Get rid of it. You will see so much more consistency in your everyday routine and your everyday journey. I promise you, like just take my word for it, y'all. 
This is coming from somebody who did not have a scale in their house for over a year because they just could not trust themselves with it. Okay, number two, take the slow and steady approach. One thing I see people doing, especially when they're going into a quote unquote diet, is they try to take on too much too soon and their body goes into shock, right? It's kind of like if you're getting in an ice bath, if you just jump in the ice bath, your body goes into fucking shock and you can get hypothermia. But if you ease yourself into it, your body has more time to adjust. You don't want to get hypothermia of the gut. Like you don't want to freak your body out because you're trying to do too much too soon. If you're used to drinking a 12 pack of soda a day and you cut it all the way out, your body's going to be like, fuck you. What are you doing? We're not doing this. But if you slowly wean off of it, it's kind of like when you're smoking, right? If you're a smoker, you slowly wean off of it. You have a more optimal chance of success than if you just go cold turkey. So try to focus on one thing at a time. Y'all, we don't get where we want to go by giant leaps. We get where we want to go by single steps, right? Nobody has stood at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower and jumped all the way to the top. No, they go by one step at a time, one little movement at a time to eventually get up there. So focus on the one thing at a time, focus on your water and that's it. Focus on maybe your veggies and that's it. But just please do not overwhelm yourself. Yes, your goal is to eventually get to 80% of the foods that nourish your body and 20% of the foods that are good for your soul. But you're not going to get there from 100% of the foods that are good for your soul and 0% of the nourishment. You're not going to get there overnight. It's going to take time. When my clients join me, right, they join one of my groups, I tell them, your first group with me, right, your first 30 days, I want you to focus on one thing. I want you to focus on your movement. I want you to focus on getting your workouts in and then we'll start working on the nutrition. We'll start working on actually working with a nutrition plan and stuff like that. We want to focus on the things that are the easiest for us to grasp at the beginning and then start working to the more challenging things. And then you're going to see that it just kind of gets embedded in who you are. All right. And then Tip three, make sure you're having balanced meals. Yes, that means a protein, a veggie, and a carbohydrate anytime that you can. Y'all, carbs are not the fucking devil. If another person tells me that they need to cut carbs so they can see success or how am I doing this without cutting carbs, I might just lose it. Y'all, <laughs> the idea of not eating something like carbs because it's bad is ridiculous. Your brain runs on glucose, which means it comes from carbs. If you're moving, you need carbs. Carbs are not the devil. Like, can I please get it? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the fucking Lord. Every single morning for breakfast, I have a protein, a carbohydrate, and a fruit. Every single afternoon, I have a protein, veggies, and a carbohydrate. Every single supper, I have a protein, a carbohydrate, and veggies. Y'all, the more you have the balanced meals, the more your body is going to feel fulfilled. And when you feel fulfilled and you aren't hungry, guess what happens? You don't obsess about food and you just feel full and satisfied. Carbs and protein is what satisfies us. Have you ever not noticed whenever you're doing like a quote unquote cleanse and you're so hungry and so obsessed with food? It's because you've cut out major food groups. Y'all, the food would not be there if we're not supposed to consume it. So please just 
trust me on this, start focusing on balance rather than tipping the scale in one direction. Yes, I'm sure a lot of people have seen success doing keto, but how many people have seen long-term success where they've lost the weight and kept it off for years and years and years? I can promise you it is a very, very small percentage. So yeah, by all means, if you want to lose weight fast and put it back on even faster, then go. Go for one of those strict diets. Go for something that cuts out entire food groups, but I can guarantee you you're going to forever stay on that roller coaster of binge restrict off the diet plan, binge restrict off the diet. Plan. All right. So let me reiterate that. The first one is get rid of the scale. Yes. The food and the weight scale until you feel like you can weigh yourself without it making you feel mentally fucked up. The second thing, choose the slow and steady approach. Choose one thing at a time and don't focus on big steps rather than very small steps consistently. And the third thing is make sure you're having balanced meals. Make sure you are satisfying yourself. Make sure that once you leave a meal, you're not feeling that stuffness, but you're just feeling satisfied to where you're like, I'm good, I'm good. All right, so that is what I've got for you guys. Now, I did open up on Instagram for a little bit of, a little bit of Q and Azel because you guys have been wanting a little bit longer of podcast episodes. So I'm gonna go ahead and pull up the questions on Insta that you guys asked me and we can do a little, a little ask that bitch. All right, all right, we ready? Let's do this. All right, so the first question, go to protein meals slash snacks for pre and post workout. So whenever I'm doing pre-workout, so like before run, I always focus on the distance I'm running. So like if I'm doing a pretty and strenuous workout, I'll always have a protein and a carbohydrate. If I'm doing, it's not like as strenuous, maybe it's like indoor lifting or something like that, then I'll always make sure I have a protein. So my cue is protein carbohydrate for anything that's over like, four mile runs and then just a protein for like a 5k or something like that. So it just really depends on the route in which I am working out. All right, next question. What are the rule of thumbs that you use when developing meals? Meal prep is hard. So I don't meal prep. Meal prepping gives me so much fucking anxiety and I just get stressed out. I just make sure I have lots of healthy options on hand. And so maybe I'll like bulk prep, meaning like I'll wash all my fruits, I'll wash all my veggies, stuff like that. So whenever I'm going to construct a meal, my thought process is I need a veggie, a carb, and a protein. And so I just construct from there. So I just make sure I tick each one of those boxes and I'll go in my fridge, look what I have and construct a meal from that point of view. And so then maybe I'm like, all right, so I didn't get a lot of veggies in this meal. Then I'll just make sure my snack is heavy on the veggies to make up for the lack of veggies in whatever meal that I just consumed. All right, good snacks, especially when you love salty potato chips. So my thought, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let y'all, I'm gonna let y'all in on the thing. I am obsessed with potato chips. Like my kids are obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with them. I love them. Something I realized is the more that I restricted myself away from eating chips, the more that I focused on not being able to allow myself them, the more that I obsessed about them, which then I binge them. So I will tell y'all to this day, I have chips in my house and I eat them but I make sure that they're all portioned out. So like I will buy the big thing of like the little individual bag size of chips and I'll make sure I have it with my meal. So I make sure I have it with a protein and a veggie. So I'll have it with like a sandwich and car and uh, carrot sticks or something like that. Like don't restrict. If you love chips, enjoy them, but make sure you're enjoying them in a portion size that feels good for you. Make sure that if you don't have that discipline yet to enjoy them in that portion size, 
recognize that you have them already pre-portioned out so you can't allow yourself to overindulge in them. But this is my thing, right? Everybody's focusing on healthy swaps, healthy swaps. And yes, there is a time for healthier swaps, but there's also a time to just enjoy the fucking food you like to enjoy, right? Just enjoy the food you like to enjoy in portions that feel good. You will see success even if you have a couple chips a day. Y'all, I to this day eat a piece of chocolate every single day after lunch and I have lost almost 100 pounds. So I will tell you, stop focusing so much on not allowing yourself these foods that you enjoy and trying to force yourself to eat a fucking apple when you're craving chips, knowing that shit's never gonna work. And then you will see success. But if you're really focusing on, okay, I want something salty and sweet, then maybe you can cut up a potato and air fry you some chips, right? I loved doing that. I made air fry french fries all the time. I mean, to this day, I still love them. But they have mandolins where you can literally cut up a potato and make potato chips and air fry them. So this, those are a healthier alternative without all the added chemicals. And you can still have that salty, enjoyable potato-y flavor. All right, so what to eat when eating out to avoid the diet mentality. Y'all, I will tell you when I'm eating out, I adapt the same thinking. I'm looking for a protein, I'm looking for a carbohydrate, and I'm looking for a veggie. And if we're going out and really enjoying ourselves, I always make sure I add a veggie because that's something I never used to do. So like, I'll give you an example. We go to say a barbecue joint, right? So we love this, this like local mom and pop barbecue joint down here. I always order a side of vegetables. So I always order a side of Brussels sprouts to go with my barbecue sandwich so I know that I'm getting my veggies in I do that everywhere I go y'all eating out doesn't have to be that complicated there are so many amazing options but if you're going to it from like a restrictive mindset right saying like okay well I can't eat this I can't eat that I can't eat this I only can eat off this light menu then you're going to not feel fulfilled just focus on okay do how frequently do I eat out first of all that's the first question if you eat out like five days a week then yes you're gonna have to be a little bit more stricter when it goes to eating out but if you're somebody that eats out once or twice a week stop feeling like you have to like only eat this type of food like enjoy yourself when you go out to eat lord knows we spend enough money just follow the principles of drink i always order water i always always order water when i go out to eat because i drink like a fucking fish that's the first thing always order a side of vegetables get you a vegetable if it's this the salad appetizer or whatever the case may be and then focusing on your proteins and your carbohydrates of choice and then stop when you're full like that is the thing that i see get a lot of people when they go out to eat is they don't stop when they're full they keep eating keep eating keep eating for the longest I couldn't trust myself to stop when I was full so what I would do is I would order a to-go box with my food so my food would come out and a to-go to-go box would come out and I would go ahead and portion off part of it to go so I knew you know what this is what I've got it's on my plate I'm gonna eat it and then I would just sit there and let my belly settle and if I was still hungry later I would eat my to-go box but most of the time I was very satisfied so I think those are some really good tips but y'all just focus on if you only go out maybe once or twice a week like enjoy your life enjoy the food as long as you stop when you're full and you always focus on drinking enough water and eating a veggie you're going to leave there not feeling as awful as you normally would if you go in there with a restrictive mindset and then you get the fuck it mentality all right next question if slash when you read the labels at the grocery store do you focus the most on fat saturated fat versus unsaturated fat unpopular opinion I don't read 
labels at all. I don't focus on calories. I don't focus on fat, saturated fat, carbohydrates. I just don't read them. I know probably not the best thing. I just don't obsess about it. I shop the perimeter most of the time, but when I'm in the inside, I'm just focusing on what I enjoy, right? Like if I want a sauce with my food, I'm just going to focus on what I enjoy and I'm just going to make sure I have it in a quantity that doesn't make me feel like shit. I can't tell you how many times I would go through the grocery store and fucking scan every barcode to see how many points it had with Weight Watchers and how many macros it had and all that stuff. And then I would only get what I deemed acceptable. And then I would feel so unsatisfied whenever I had my food at home. Y'all food is so much better, especially the healthier food. When you put shit on it, you dress it up, right? A salad is so much better when you have a really good dressing. Um, Brussels sprouts are so much better when you put sriracha and honey on it and stuff like that. So I don't focus on the saturated versus unsaturated carbs versus anything. I focus on what I enjoy shopping the perimeter the most of the time. And then I just limit my in the perimeter options. So like, you know, I usually get condiments or pickles or something like that, but I just don't stress about it. And I know that's probably an unpopular opinion. I'm going to get some shit for that. Like, how can you focus on health if you're not focusing on the nutrition labels? I just try to minimize my processed foods, maximize the outside aisles. But I also just don't want to obsess over every single number because that just it puts me in a fucked up headspace. Like I steer cleared of peanut butter for the longest time because of how much fat it had in it when we need fat in our body to survive. So Take it for what you may, but I promise you, like, y'all, the less you think about all the these singular things, the numbers and all that, and the more that you just eat to fulfill yourself, the more that you're going to realize that food does not control you, you control it, and the more results you will see. All right, I lost all my weight on keto. Now I'm so afraid of carbs, like I can't control either all carbs or zero carbs. That's the fucking point with dieting. That is what happens with dieting. That is why if we lose our weight in a very restrictive way, it fucks us up mentally. Now, you've already done it. You've lost that weight. So now you've got to do the hard part of retraining your brain and then also realizing that once you go from keto to a balanced diet, you are going to gain weight. It's inevitable. Get the fuck over it. Just just get over it. Lose the scale so you're not fixated on it. But just know that you will go up because your body is trying to adjust itself. But eventually you will level out. Okay, you've got you've got to realize that and then just, you know, work really hard on fixing that mindset, right? Realizing that carbs aren't evil, that there are is a place for them and start just slowly entering them back into your daily diet. But y'all, I mean, there goes from somebody who did keto and has struggled, you know, the after effects of it can be fucking mentally brutal. All right, how do you navigate curveballs like family dinners, going out to eat, and feeling like you're missing out? The only way you'll be missing out is if you are dieting. (laughs) I know, right? Don't diet, you don't miss out. But that's the thing, y'all. Whenever I was strictly dieting and I had to be my Weight Watchers and all that stuff, I would literally be scanning barcodes and trying to figure out my points. And then I would literally deprive myself during that dinner. Focusing on enjoying the moments, having portions that feel good to you, and then also enjoying your vegetables. So like if you're going out, like I said, ordering your veggie, drinking water. If you're going over to your family members, having more of the proteins that you enjoy and a little bit less of the side stuff, but also enjoying them. Literally sitting there and enjoying your food, you will get to not miss out and you'll also see results. (laughs) 
I know, I know. You're probably like, Allie is spewing so much bullshit right now. But I'm telling you, if you just lose the control that the food has on you, the more you're going to realize that I don't have to miss out to see the results. I just have to change my approach into which I eat. Meaning, eat smaller portions, feel what feels good to you, eat more of that. What doesn't feel good, eat less of that. But if you want like a more tangible tip, if you're going to like a family function, bring a side dish that you thoroughly enjoy that you can have a lot of. So like if it's a veggie side dish or something like that, I do that at parties. I'm always the person that brings like the vegetable and the fruit trays. So I can eat good quantities of those because I know they make me feel good. And then I'll have little bits of all the other stuff that I enjoy because I don't want to miss out, but I'll eat more of the stuff that I know my body feels good with. Does that make sense? All right. So when you're dieting, how do you have treats and still be okay? I feel like we, if we get out of this treat versus non-treat mentality and just, again, like I said, we've got good food. So wow, words are really fucking hard. We've got food that's good for you and good for your soul, right? If we go into that mindset versus treat versus non-treat, it really puts all the food on the level playing field. So I feel like changing your verbiage and changing your approach can really help that to make sure that a quote unquote treat or having an indulgence doesn't turn into a fucking roller coaster of emotions. It's not the act of having one of those foods that deters our journey. It's the mental things we think afterwards and then proceed to do afterwards, right? So it's not the one piece of chocolate that fucks us up. It's the, oh, I'm a piece of shit because I had chocolate and I cheated on my diet, so then I might as well just eat all this other shit and then fucking start again Monday. That's what messes us up. So as long as we realize that having this food isn't cheating, right? It's not cheating. We're not creating a infidelity. We're just enjoying something that's good for the soul versus good for the body right now. All right, so what are your thoughts on dieting in regards to 75 hard? I want to do the program, but struggle with the aspect of no cheats. Okay, so this is going to be completely different. Y'all know I did 75 hard. I did an entire podcast episode on it. Um, I did the entire live hard program. That challenge or any challenge for that matter is not made to be a lifestyle. It's made to push you out of your comfort zone. It's made to show you what's capable. It is not made to lose a significant amount of weight. It's not made to learn how to live that way. It is made to stretch you and to show you that you can in fact do something you never thought you could do. The whole point of 75 hard is to create mental toughness. It's not to lose fucking weight. So if you're going into that thinking, I'm dieting, I'm dieting, I'm dieting. Yeah, you're going to feel really restricted. But if you're thinking of it from a weight loss standpoint, you're never going to finish it. If you're thinking of it, I just want to prove to myself that I can follow something laid out hundred percent, then you're going to feel so much more fulfilled. So when I did it right, when I did 75 hard, my first thought process when I was picking out a meal plan is I wanted to make sure I pick something out that I saw that I could follow for the rest of my life, that I could fit foods that I thoroughly loved into the aspects of the plan without quote unquote cheating. So for me, I do a plan that is like a portion container system where you can have all of the food groups, you just have to make sure they fit within these portions. So I never felt deprived. And I think that's the sole purpose of 75 hard is making sure you choose a meal plan that you don't feel deprived in. I had French fries. I just had to air fry them, right? Like I had hamburgers. I just had to make sure that I only had half the bun so I could fit it within my carbs to all the ratios, right? Like I could have the things I enjoyed. I just had to make sure I was 
creative with it. So with 75 hard, yes, you do have to follow a quote unquote diet, but it is not made to create a lifestyle around. We are talking about lifestyle, right? We're talking about creating a life around our food. That is what this whole podcast episode is about. Now, 75 hard is all about just showing you what is possible, showing you what you can do. So yes, you do have to be a little more restrictive. Yes, there are no quote unquote cheats, but you can always find ways to enjoy the foods that you love and ways that can fit within your plan. So when you're choosing a plan, I just say, make sure you choose one that doesn't fuck you up mentally, that gives you the, the, space to be free, but also say that actually follow it. So for me, example, that's what worked for me, right? I could have popcorn. I could have chips. I could have all of the foods that I enjoyed. I just had to make sure it fit within the parameters of that plan. But no, those challenges are not meant to be lifestyles. They're meant for a short amount of time to show you what you're mentally capable of. They're not meant for weight loss. They're not meant to fit in a dress. They're not meant to any of that shit. Truly just to show you what you're mentally capable of. And that is why I think a lot of people fail at 75 hard is because they're going into it with a diet mentality of I'm doing this to lose weight. You're doing this to prove to yourself that you can do it. That's it. Okay. So I think that's all the questions. I hope, I hope that this episode was enjoyable. I know it might've been a little bit all over the place, but I truly think, you know, the more that we just get out of our head and the more that we just try to learn how to just eat again, right? Like we all have been there a time in our life where we could just eat with not thinking about it. And we realize now probably, I know I do, we realize the less we obsessed about food, the more that we stayed very steady within our weight, steady within everything else. I mean, I look at my toddler, right? She doesn't fucking think about calories. She doesn't think about any of that stuff. She eats till she's full. She stops. She doesn't care if she wasted the food and she just moves about her life. That's our goal. We want to get back to our toddler mentality of just getting to eat without thinking about it, without stressing about it. So I hope this helped. If this episode was enjoyable for you, will you do me a huge favor and go over to Apple leave a five-star review. Please leave a little comment. They really do help the podcast grow. And y'all are freaking just blowing this podcast out of the waters. I've had to upgrade multiple times my podcast host, and I just mean so much to me. So if you could do that, it truly would mean the most to me. And then if you do want to share it on your Instagram stories, don't forget to tag me at Allie Griffith. I love to reshare them. I love to thank y'all. But also, if you ever have any questions for the podcast, if you ever want to hear anything on the podcast, don't ever forget there is an email um be that be at gmail.com you can always email any suggestions but yeah so anyways i'm gonna leave you like i leave you every single time in a world full of bitches be that bitch whatever that bitch is to you i love y'all and i'll see you next wednesday